So here we are in Pemba, Mozambique, of all things. And Bill, look at our view. I know, I know. That's like stunning. Ocean it's view uh, over the gardens that are just being formed. They by, can't see it, though. They can't by see faith. it. Yeah. That's true. By faith, you can see. But we are just having a, an incredible time here at the Iris Global Gathering in Mozambique. And um, one of the things, Bill, that we've wanted to draw out of revivalists they often talk about revival where we go all over the world, seeing people come to Jesus, seeing people healed, all that kind of thing. But we don't really know how the actual revivalist or how the actual person that's seeing all these signs and wonders came to know Christ themselves. And so we thought, you know, people want to know how, how you became a believer. What was your story? What was your journey in coming to God? Did you always believe in God or... Well, what happened? Yeah, I, well, I was raised in a in a Christian home, uh -huh. a very godly home, very uh, multiple generations actually. My grandparents, uh, my excuse me, my mom's parents lived with us for most of my life. Wow! And uh, they were involved in. They, my grandfather was actually baptized in the Holy Spirit in 1901. Wow! Free, before. Free yeah, and my grandmother in 1903. So there was, they were from Minnesota, and there was great breakouts of revival uh, that far back, 1900, 1901. <clears throat> so anyway, that, I was raised with that mm. as the background. And so, so did I, you just hear stories your whole life of I, your grandfather being baptized in the yeah. Holy Spirit and coming to Christ? And so it, it was just dinner talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was normal just to hear the stories, and you know, my grandfather would talk to me about Wigglesworth and some of these people that they said, and my uncle was a soloist for Amy Simple McPherson. No. So there's all, there's all this background. So I was raised in a home that just, it was a no-brainer. You, mm -hmm. just, you just believe and follow Jesus. So is there's no <clears throat> point in your childhood where you can remember questioning it or no, think never. it was just, just the atmosphere you breathed? No, never. Mm -hmm. No, it was, it was the most normal thing. So I, I, I made a commitment to the Lord uh, as a small child, young child, and, um, and I had a, a real fear of the Lord, a tenderness, but I didn't have a passion to know him. I didn't have mm. a passion to, to uh, pursue him per se. So there were, there were stages in my relationship with the Lord. It changed, it changed um, when I was a child. It changed at about 19 years old. Mm. Yeah, I, uh, I, through the, the preaching of Mario Morello, mm -hmm. oh. uh, who's a mm -hmm. dear friend of our household, mm -hmm. our family, uh, through his... Uh, uh, you know, no compromise, lay it all down. Mm -hmm. You know, when I started hearing that, and then I started seeing people my age that had this passion for God, hmm. then suddenly there was like a new standard. Because previous to that, I, I mean, there were there were kids my age in Sunday school and you know whatever, mm -hmm. and, and and they were they were good, and but there was not that uh, you know that wasn't that personal that personal relationship at the level that I saw mm -hmm. when I was about nineteen. And so, so you never wandered from the Lord. You just always followed. The no, Lord. I didn't. I wasn't always doing good, but I. Mm -hmm. But I never. I know I never turned. I wow. never turned in that sense. That is one of the most fantastic <coughs> testimonies. You know, I. I think that's so beautiful to see a person, you know, never wander, never, never change. Right. That takes more yeah. faith than a great <coughs> conversion. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not dramatic. But. <coughs> so, uh, um, I. Through hearing Mario preach, and I, for maybe a year, um, I would go anytime he was there, and the Lord really began to deal with me on what it looked like to really follow after him. Mm -hmm. And um, 
And I just remember one Saturday night in, uh, in my bedroom, I just, I got up and said, all right, I give you everything. And it's, it, it, it meant everything. It meant, it meant uh, this commitment is so all-inclusive that it'll never be brought up for review again. Wow, yeah. and you knew yeah. that at 19 yeah. years old, this was... Yeah, it, but it took months to get there. Hmm. Yeah. Were you wrestling? Were you kind of feeling the draw? Or? Oh yeah, yeah, totally, mm -hmm. totally. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you didn't want to kind of give it all? Or? Well, I, you yeah, knew what it, it meant. Kind of, it kind of scared me. I just, for the first time in my life, I saw what it looked like to really... What he wanted from me hmm. was different than what I thought. You know, I grew up in a good home. I, um, I, I saw the model of what it meant to walk hmm. with the Lord. But still, it didn't touch me deep until I, hmm. until I saw that in hmm. a generation my age and through Mario's preaching. So was that the 70s? Was that the, yeah, wow. Yeah, about 71. And then, um, like, I saw pictures of you once, uh, I forget, uh, maybe at your uh, anniversary that we came to, but, you know, you had long hair, and, and I kind of thought maybe you hit the hippie movement. Were you part of the Jesus people, or...? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that hit our area, too, so that was all, mm. it, it, you know, now you look back and you call it the Jesus People Movement. At the time, it was just being 19. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so, so when you gave it all, what happened different in Oh, your... goodness, I instantly had a hunger for the Word. Hmm. I hated to read anything. Hmm. I just didn't read at all. But I, I, all of a sudden, I had a hunger for the Word. I remember reading a book. Uh, the Normal Christian Life by Watchman Nee. And I, I had a, a youth pastor a friend who would give me books and he would encourage me to read. Well, I hated to read. Mm -hmm. Well, suddenly I got this hunger. Mm -hmm. And when I read Normal Christian Life, I read that and I went, that's in the Bible? Wow. And it created a hunger in me for the Word. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, didn't replace the Word, it actually ignited a passion mm -hmm. for Scripture. Hmm. And so I began to I began to pour through the Bible. I began to read books on prayer. Hmm. You know, Reese Howell, Intercessor, oh, yeah. Enough to Kill You, <laughs> Hyde, and all, all those books. I just went bang, bang, bang through all these books on mm -hmm. prayer and devotion to Christ. And so so anyway, you were really inspired in the early days for prayer. Yeah, 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 at the very beginning. And yeah. Benny has such a passion to, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. for prayer and getting everybody yeah. praying. She's yeah. she's amazing. Yeah. I, I love her book, even the title, The Happy Intercessor, <laughs> just changing the paradigm for intercession. Totally. totally. <laughs> yeah, so, so then what happened inside of you then? How did your journey just deepen? Because salvation is a process. You start, yeah. then you go deeper and deeper. And yeah. what, what happened after that? Um, we we ended up uh, opening a, a youth ministry called the Salt House. It was a it was a place where there was discipleship, Bible studies, evangelism, all that stuff. It was right downtown. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a bizarre story. Our youth pastor we had, we had had this dream to open this uh, kind of a drop-in place, you know, for the hippies and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, and the and it, the door just didn't open. It wouldn't open. Mm -hmm. And so he laid it down for, I don't remember, six months, eight months, something like that. And one day the Lord spoke to him and said, today's the day. So he got up and he went downtown because we wanted it right in the middle of town in, mm -hmm. uh, in Reading. And he saw this house and the Lord spoke to him and said, that's the house. So he got out of his car, went up knocked on the door. And a couple of long-haired guys it found out later it was, a, it was a drug dealing center. It was a place <laughs> of incredible, crazy, bizarre activity. <laughs> and he, he went, knocked on the door, they opened the door and they looked at him and said, you're the one that's going to get this house, aren't you? Because wow. they had been 
almost like driven from the house. They were, <clears throat> they would have these dreams and stuff that they were to get out of there. Wow. And so they literally left in the middle of the month. They had another half of the month to live in uh, for their wow. rent, and they, they just, uh, they just took off. It was like the Lord <laughs> literally was driving them from the place. Like the Egyptians. <laughs> yeah, they totally. Yeah, the yeah when, that, when the Israelites yeah, fled yeah, Egypt. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Wow. So, so uh, that just forced me. Mm-hmm into a position to grow and to learn because now you've got, you know, you've got people coming in that have all kinds of issues and needs mm-hmm. and we didn't know anything what we were doing. So had you ever <coughs> pastored before then or suddenly oh, no, you just no. were thrown in the deep end? No, no, just thrown in the deep end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how was that? <coughs> oh, well, it was amazing. You learn to, you learn to pray, you learn what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know you Did you start seeing miracles at that stage or? Not uh, uh, conversion, which is the ultimate yeah, miracle, exactly. but not, not healing stuff. We did have some bizarre things with deliverance and mm-hmm. and uh, like and what demonized people. <clears throat> well, this one gal came in and happened to be. We had about uh, maybe fifteen or twenty people there for a prayer meeting, mm-hmm. and this gal came in. It was horribly demonized, and our youth pastor and life took her into another room, and it went on for mm-hmm. an hour, two hours, and it was it was it was bizarre. So all of us are in the living room praying, interceding, mm-hmm. oh God. So I knew one lady, her name was Enid Jose. I knew one lady that knew what to do in this situation. Mm-hmm. So I started praying, I said, God, tell Enid to pray for us. Mm-hmm. And so a little while later, this gal gets all free. And it was, it's a gory, but pretty, pretty mm-hmm. wonderful story. So that was a Saturday night. Sunday morning, I go to church, Enid is there. She walks up to me, she goes, I prayed for you last night. I said, that's awesome. And then she said, my father told me you asked. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that messed me up. That's me. amazing. I, I know. I remember, you know, in those early days, the demonized, we had this one guy also come by. Uh, you know, we led him to Christ, uh, and he, he was, you know, one, two days old in the Lord, and all of a sudden he has this massive demonic manifestation, yeah. literally everything in the Bible, foaming at the mouth, flailing, uh, strength of ten men, violent, so we kept calling friends over, and we didn't know how to cast him out, so we, you know, we, we sound like you're, you know, yeah, in the yeah, other room, we yeah. needed some, we had no idea, and it was, it, he, he was, was just, you know, his eyes rolled back in his head, everything that yeah. you, you, you read in scripture, and so we, Wesley just had called more and more of his friends, and he had one sitting on one leg, and one sitting on the other leg, <laughs> one sitting on one arm, one sitting, you know, we were trying to just hold him down from, and say, come out, come out, and, you know, and finally, he started this, this demonized guy started picking out people's sins in the room, oh, and he, yeah, he'd look around and go, yeah, and his voice was changed, and he's, you know, he'd do, you lust after flesh, and Wesley just took his sock off his foot, he was sitting on him, and stuffed it in his mouth, I mean, we had no success, <laughs> we said, shut up, and stuck it in his mouth, and awesome. anyway, finally, we called the ambulance, <laughs> <laughs> took him to the hospital. <laughs> we never, we never did get that one cast out. Was, we sent him the next day to Texas. So we all took an offering and sent him to you Texas. Cast, cast the demon out. If the demon won't go, you cast the demon and the person out. That's exactly. Right yeah. If you have no authority, you know, so, use a sock. You know, yeah, that's but yeah. anyway. It shows you what you don't have, though. Exactly. It shows you what you need. And, that was a lot of the early days, and we had a lot of people that were helped, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it also just wakens you up to the fact that man, you need, you yeah. need God, you, you need, need that God. breakthrough anointing. Yeah. yeah. So those kind of experiences did they drive you like ever deeper in God? Did you ever have yeah. a point where you just kind of 
flattened out or no, to talk no. to me about how your those significant moments where you went <clears throat> a little deeper well you you realize what you need and so I mean I would I would get up early I had a job as well pretty close to full-time so I would work full-time and then come to the ministry and work full-time and, and, mm -hmm. um, and so I was up early in the morning praying late at night praying which is really good and powerful, but I was very introspective. Mm -hmm. So I figured these, th you know, we, we didn't get breakthrough because I was immature yeah. or whatever. And so you get wrapped up in yourself. And a lot of my prayer time, not all of it, but a lot of my prayer time was about me. Mm -hmm. you know? And I, I realized after a while, uh, attempting to be humble and focusing on yourself, those two things don't go together mm -hmm. well. And I was still the main subject. And it, <laughs> it, took, it took a while. <laughs> made me realize that this is this is counterproductive because the the more time I spend focusing on me, the less help I get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not the answer, and so that was a part of the journey was was really to to get my eyes off of my insignificance, my mm -hmm. lack, my whatever, mm -hmm. and uh, and really get them where they belong, and that's on the Lord His promise, mm -hmm. what He's uh, mm -hmm. promised to do for us. So. That was part of the journey mm -hmm. for me. So your prayer life, that, how, how, how did you start talking to God? How did you develop intimacy with God? Was Like, how do you pray? You know, Jesus even said, I mean, the disciples even said to Jesus when they saw him pray, they said, you, you know, how do you do that? Teach, teach right, me how to right. do that. How, how did you shift your prayer? What do you do when you pray? Do you start? I, I was really blessed in that my, uh, of course, my dad was the pastor, mm -hmm. and he taught on, um, on Ezekiel uh, 44, the whole inner court, outer court thing. This is right towards the beginning of, of the real turnaround in my life mm -hmm. within the first year. And I heard, I heard him speak on the priesthood of the believer mm -hmm. and the privilege and the responsibility that we have as worshipers. And I was so moved. It was, it was a number of weeks this, mm -hmm. uh, that this series uh, went on. I was so moved by it that at the end, uh, end of it, I just bowed my head and said, God, I give you the rest of my life to teach me this one thing. Wow. And then I heard uh, a tape, cassette tape. Mm -hmm. um, by, <laughs> back uh, in the day. Yeah, back in the day. <laughs> at least it wasn't real to real. <laughs> <laughs> um, back in the day of Derek Prince. And he, he made this statement. He said, if you have 10 minutes to pray, Take seven or eight minutes just to worship. You can pray for a lot of things in two minutes. Mm -hmm. And that marked me. And, uh, and so since then, generally, if I have uh, an hour to pray or 10 minutes to pray, whatever it's going to be, the bulk of it's going to be worship. Wow. And it's from there that I pray. So you just start yeah. Yeah, extolling the Lord. Yeah, just do you, do you pray out loud? Yeah. Do you pray silently? Just yeah, yeah, all of the above. All of the above, yeah. yeah most, mostly, if I'm by myself, mostly out loud. Mm -hmm. yeah. But if I'm on the plane, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's so, so good. And so these, these are demarcations in your life where you learned yeah. something you know, a little deeper that, that actually affected your whole journey to go totally. deeper. Yeah. Uh, so give us a few more of those. What, what just, was it like as soon as you knew something, you wanted to know something more? Or, or were there these kind of cataclysmic moments? Was it that subtle listening to one tape and it 
illuminated or were there cataclysmic moments where right. suddenly something opened to you that you never knew before? Well, the, those moments certainly happen, but my life is mostly the gradual increase. Hmm. It's just mostly just, I, I do one thing pretty good. I, I get pretty focused. I'm not mm -hmm. driven, but I'm focused. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I and I don't I don't generally deviate. No no one mm. can pull me off course. Wow. I'm pretty stubborn in that particular. Mm -hmm. Get pretty locked in. So that part has has worked uh, has worked well in that uh, I I plod and I just mm -hmm. I just keep keep going after it. Mm -hmm. But in that journey, you get these and suddenlies. Mm -hmm. You know, you get the you know, the praying in the upper room for 10 days and then there's a breakthrough. Right, you know? right. So, so that's, that's my life too, is, is you get those, you get those moments. And uh, um, there were times where, uh, you know, I, I was, I didn't want to talk in front of a group. Hmm. I was, I was, I soon began to turn from the, the work that I, the job that I had and started to work with um, single adults and, mm -hmm. and doing Bible studies, that sort of thing. But I didn't want to teach. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I just wanted to be uh, involved in ministry to help people, but not. I didn't talking in front of people was not my. Why? Not my thing at all. Mm -hmm. oh, I, I hated it. Really? I didn't want. No, I took an F in school once, just because I didn't want to answer out loud. Really? <clears throat> it wasn't that I was shy because I was a class clown, but I, mm -hmm. I wasn't. To to be serious in front of people was not. I hated it. Hmm. So, so the Lord began to work on on that area, and I I. Uh, I would, I would go to, uh, for example, a Sunday morning gathering of about 100 or so single adults, and, uh, and I would pray and read throughout the week, but I wouldn't pr prepare anything. Mm -hmm. I would just wait till I got there and see what the Lord would do. And really? It, it, yeah, it taught me to listen in the moment. Wow. Yeah, and so sometimes I'd stand up there and have nothing, <laughs> so I'd leave in a chorus until something came. And, and it was it was a it was a, a unique journey. To this mm -hmm. day, I don't use notes well because they, they mess me up. Mm -hmm. It's better for me to to get my heart full of something, mm -hmm. and then wait till I get in that moment. So that's how I function best. Most of the people around me mm -hmm. uh, function a lot different than I do, and I encourage that. But for me, that's that was how I that was how I grew in the Lord. He would he would speak to me mm -hmm. sometimes as I was teaching. You know how that works. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would, it was just all one big journey of learning. Wow, yeah. you know, even last night you spoke and you spoke about, you know, the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done. Yeah. And what it sounds like is your whole life has been um, a journey of practicing the presence of God like mm. Brother Lawrence. Yeah. And then out of, you know, Brother Lawrence used to say, you know, I, I flipped my little omelet in the pan. I, you know, he was a cook in a monastery, yeah, yeah. but everything that he did, he just began to do out of the presence, yeah, whatever yeah. you do. And so you've learned in all things, with preaching, with praying, with ministry, just to be aware of the presence. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's sure. a beautiful yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. And legacy <clears throat> is absolutely, I mean, you're an inspiration to me because I'm a, uh, a first generation, real radical born again. Yeah, I'm the yeah. first one in all my family. And when I hear uh, of people that have multiple generations yeah. of faith, it is, you know, you, you see the lines of building <coughs> and uh, a generation to generation exponential increase. And, mm -hmm. and we don't have a lot of those kinds of 
leaders, but it gives you this, this whole the history of the faith in a family yeah. line that's really, really beautiful, like Jonathan Edwards' family line, you know, yeah. just began to grow and grow and grow. It's bizarre. Yeah. So did you find that, <clears throat> how many generations of pastors now do you have? I'm fifth generation, so my kids are sixth. Wow. On my mom's side. No, my dad's side. Did, fourth on my mom's, fourth and fifth on my mom's Oh, my side. goodness. And did they kind of raise you with an expectation that this is a calling? Oh, no, 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 no. No, no? Never one time in my life did they talk to me about pastoring. Wow. Nor did they expect it. They thought my brother might be. <laughs> they were just hoping I'd get to heaven. <laughs> oh, wow. That's Not because I was, mm -hmm. you know, outwardly rebellious or something. Mm -hmm. I just didn't have interest. You know, mm -hmm. I just wasn't, it wasn't where my interest so was. So when you, you know, this practicing the presence kind of thing. So your prayer time, you know, do you find that when you connect with God, that you just feel that multiple times? If you're on the plane, if you're... You know, with your grandkids, you just, is it a constant awareness or is it a, these moments that come throughout the day or? I wish it was constant. Yeah. You know, that's the goal. Yeah. You know, for yeah. me, the strength of my relationship in, in that context mm -hmm. is my affection for him. Yeah. Affection is what, uh, just, a, just being able to turn my heart of affection towards him. Mm -hmm. So if I'm conscious that that I don't sense that affection, that I turn my heart. That's the point. Wow. Mm. And so that's the, uh, Paul says you're restricted by your affections. Hmm. Hmm. And so in ministry, uh, I'll, sometimes I'll look around the room and I'll be drawn to one person. I can feel an affection. The biblical word would be compassion. Mm -hmm. So that's where I know to go. So affection is what restricts you or releases you. Wow. I, I found that, that um, the anointing is actually released where there's affection. Wow, that's odd that you say that. That's often how I prophesy. I look around. Mm -hmm. Everybody really looks the same, but there is a drawing to mm -hmm. a certain, and, and I can't explain. Yeah. I, to this day, I couldn't logically yeah, unpackage yeah. that to you, yeah. but it is that very similar, yeah. similar yeah. kind of thing. Being aware. So, so in your journey, is there anything else you'd like to pass on about like increasing in the knowledge of God, or you know, like a. I. Um, probably, probably one of the one of the strongest things in my life is I don't study the Bible so I can teach. Yeah. I only study to learn. Wow. So if I, if I study for a message, mm -hmm. then it's too e easy to gather information and give it. But if I right. study to learn, it filters through me, mm -hmm. and then I give part of me. Wow. So, so that's tell me, <clears throat> Kate, unpackage that a little bit. Study to learn. Uh, to tell me what that looks like for you. It, what are you trying to learn? What, what's the about goal him, of it? Just about okay, him, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to unpack the mysteries of the planet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just, I just want to know him. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, I have, I'll have questions that I'll mm -hmm. ask and stuff. <clears throat> I'm not as good a question asker mm -hmm. as I would like to be. I have people around me that are, are so good at just asking the right questions. I'm not real good at that, never mm -hmm. have been. Mm -hmm. But I'm good at observing. Mm -hmm. And so I'll, I'll observe. I'll observe how Jesus operates in a certain situation. I'll mm -hmm. observe, um, it stands out to me, how he functioned, what the context was. So I'm, I'm reading just to discover you know, mm -hmm. that's all I'm doing is just to be exposed to who he is. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that, that's it. It's not, it's not complicated. Mm -hmm. I, when I was a, a young man, I had a chance 
I, I asked, uh, I, I forget now, four or five key people. My dad knew a lot of these very, very important people. Charismatic renewal, we were involved in that a lot. And so there was all of these highly respected people that would come and he was friends with, they'd speak at the church. And I had a season where I, had, I would have access to them for mm -hmm. a few minutes and I would ask them a question. And I would, I would ask them, how do you study the Bible? Because I was studying, I'd bought it, or I had a, a gift a given to me, a strong concordance, mm -hmm. and yeah. you know, all these different tools, and I'm trying to unpack stuff, and it just feels like this laborious task, and mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's just hard to find a gold nugget. You, know? mm -hmm. you find a lot of dirt, but not a lot of nuggets. <laughs> and so I would ask them, I'd say, well, how do you study the Bible? And I was shocked by their answer because everyone gave me the same answer. They said, I read and I reread. Yeah. Everyone, wow. that's all they said. Wow. Wow. I was expecting this mm -hmm. deep secret tool like, yeah. I use this, I do that, I do that. And then every one of them said, I, I read and I reread. And I went, all right, I can do that. Mm -hmm. That's and actually, really that's me. what I do. I never, I never, I never read for a sermon. <clears throat> yeah. You know, I, I read. Line upon line, I'll, I'll often spend weeks on one verse, you know, just going over and over and over, because it's 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 alive, and and I'm I'm looking to know not the facts but the person and that's behind exactly. the, yeah. the words, and yeah. it's you can see who he is from what he does or yeah. what he says yeah. or like you said, context. And yeah. I've always been amazed when you speak, you bring yeah. out these contexts yeah. of. You know the action. A lot of times you hear speakers and they're talking about the action, the action, the action, the miracle, whatever. Mm -hmm. But the context, the backdrop, the, mm -hmm. the sometimes the subtle emotion or subtleties mm -hmm. that that you you see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a that's cool. awesome. So, in uh, would you have uh, in your conversion process? You know, as we all grow mm -hmm. more deeper with God, um, what do you anticipate? Do you ever feel like you hit plateaus, do you, do you feel like, okay, I'm kind of stuck for a season, or there's a withdrawal of <coughs> presence? There's, there are just seasons where he gives you a gift, and the gift is holy dissatisfaction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you have to experience lack. Mm -hmm. Not that you don't, not that he abandons, not that he forsakes, not that mm -hmm. you aren't enough or whatever. It's just you get exposed to the fact that that there's so much more, mm -hmm. and so there's there are those seasons. I, I became a pastor, and and then had you know I had the responsibility of pastoring, and and I would just cry out to God for breakthrough, and it seemed to come so gradually and so small. You know, you don't appreciate the journey. You know, you mm -hmm. want the the massive breakthroughs, and and um, and it was very frustrating. But the frustration took me to Him. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, once I finally learned, it was in that season, I finally learned to stop evaluating myself. Hmm. And uh, once I got through that, I, I, I looked back over my life and I could tell the seasons I did the best is when I didn't evaluate me. Wow. And then I could wow. see the, the seasons I did the worst. Mm -hmm. I, I just was constantly... Now, I would confess sins I never did, just to cover my bases, you know. <laughs> I might have thought of it, you know. So, so it, it was, you know, I was just working so hard to, to yeah. do well. Wow. And, and, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's what all children do mm -hmm. to impress their dads, yeah. their moms. And, yeah. and so, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't something the Lord despised, but he, he, he wanted to bring me out of that. Because as a, 
as a focus, I actually came to a place where I said, Lord, I'm, I'm beating myself up week after week after week. And, uh, and it's not helping me and it's not helping the people. Mm-hmm. Now, I would usually get my act together by Sunday morning, you know, mm-hmm. but, but I, I would, in fact, I always did. I, I would just make sure I did so I could mm-hmm. be an encouragement. But um, I said, Lord, I'm in your word every day. I don't ever miss a day. Cut me deep with your, that sword mm-hmm. of the spirit, please. Um, I'm with your people all the time. Give me the slap of a friend. Mm-hmm. I'm in your presence, that fiery presence. Burn me where I need it, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to look at me anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to trust you to point out what I need to know, because I'm not going to search for it. Because if I find something, I can't fix it. Wow. And so it was just kind of this journey where that was a conclusion, mm-hmm. and that helped me a lot. It helped me to, to get out of the "it's all about me" mode, you mm-hmm. know. So you <clears throat> are an introvert, mm-hmm. and um, and I think your journey is that you know many introverts go through that process. Mm-hmm of, you know, self-analysis and introspection mm-hmm. and, and, you know, trying to f- fix things. And do you f- ever find that, even to this day, occasionally your personality pulls you back into that place or after a meeting or after an encounter with somebody? Or, oh. or, do, you, or do you feel like you kind of climb that mountain, hit that hill, and you're on to the next one? I can always see it from where I'm standing, <laughs> but I don't go there. Yeah, but okay. I mean, it's, it's, you know, <clears throat> sometimes it's, it's a closer thing mm-hmm. than other times, you know, mm-hmm. I, can, I can feel that, that pull for, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. introspection, self-analysis. Do you find, <clears throat> um, you know, uh, that the ministry, uh, it, there's a temptation in now that, you know, the more that the Lord increases you, increases your visibility, the more people, the more opportunities, the more care there is to give that, that you, uh, that, that that itself tries to draw you away from just practicing the presence of God? Or do you, you, you have learned the boundaries and you? Well, yeah, it does. It all competes. Mm-hmm. You know, everything competes with, with your affection for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Everything wants that place. So what nugget would you sell? We're gonna, we'll just end here and I just say, if you were gonna tell a generation one thing, how to keep, till, because we watch them, they come, they're stars, they're gifted, they're powerful, and some fall to the right and some fall to the left, but to see somebody their whole life from a child that has walked in ever-deepening, increasing yeah. knowledge of God, you know, and what, like the secret, the secret to being able to do that? All miracles, whether it's conversion, whether it's healing of somebody's body, deliverance, all those things are signs. And all those signs point to someone. And once you've seen that someone, no sign will ever satisfy again. Mm-hmm. It always points. You know, when you leave a building, you go through the exit, mm-hmm. and there's an exit sign over the door. Mm-hmm. We don't go through the sign. We go through the exit that it points to. Hmm. And what I found is that is that tasting Him, you know, I love the miracles, but only because they please Him. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the conversions only because that's what He paid for. You know, we we pray for the sick because we want Him to get what He bought, what mm-hmm. He paid for. So the whole journey is just the the pleasure of His face, of His mm-hmm. of His delight, His joy. So when you, when you taste that. 
you know, nothing else satisfied. I mean, I mean, miracles get old, you know, ask Israel, you know, they had manna every day, they get <laughs> bored. Yeah. So miracles by themselves do not satisfy. Mm -hmm. They're necessary, but they don't satisfy. He's the only one who satisfies. Mm -hmm. And so anytime I get wrapped up in ministry to the point where, you know, it, it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. It's exhausting to try to be fed from ministry. Yeah. It's yeah. exhausting to try to be fed from the crowds or from, yeah. you know, the applause or mm -hmm. from the, you know, whatever it is that we have that actually works, you know, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't satisfy. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. It's, I, I, I call it supplements. It's not the meal. Yeah. You wow. know, it, it, it adds to, and it's, mm -hmm. it's a wonderful thing to pe for people to honor you and thank you. Mm -hmm. It's a great treasure. You take it, you give it to him. Yeah. You know, you just keep that, you keep that awareness. It's all by grace regardless. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but that's the thing for me is nothing else actually satisfies. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you, you start to feel, uh, you start to feel drained spiritually when you try to feed mm -hmm. off of the results of ministry. Yeah. Uh, they don't, they don't feed. Wow. He, he does. So basically it's David's one thing, one thing. It's totally. I desire. Totally. That's one it. Thing. You know, when I, for me, he responds to affection so deeply yeah. that I, even at night when I, go to sleep, I try every night just to turn my heart of affection towards him. Because as soon as I do, that presence just begins to settle. Mm -hmm. And I want to go to sleep engaged. Mm -hmm. I want to go to sleep wrapped up in him because we'll have better days if we have better nights. Yeah. And so if we can have that engagement with him, even if I wake up in the night, that's, that's, wow. I try to just turn my heart of affection back. So that's the strength for me. It's just mm -hmm. that that burning affection for the one. Mm -hmm. And when that's cold, then I'm in trouble. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So that is, you know, that's the point. Yeah. This is eternal life. Yeah. This is conversion. This yeah. is that we know him, yeah. that yeah. we know him. So, yeah. yeah. So I uh, just hope that this inspires you yeah. all to yeah. go deeper in the Lord, that we raise a whole generation, that their whole life consistent, you know, mm. not to the right, not to the left, but their eyes are fixed. You know, like Jesus' gaze was fixed, that our eyes are fixed. So anyway, that was awesome, yeah, Bill. Thanks, that was thanks, fantastic. Thanks, thanks. I'm inspired myself. <laughs> I want to just go, go be with him. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Beautiful. Awesome. Thanks. Well, that was awesome, Bill. Thank you. Thanks, thanks, yeah. Thank you. Should I have asked any other questions as you're sitting there thinking? Oh. Oh, that was fantastic. You're like, I'm already done. I put the mic back on. <laughs> I'm not putting that back on. But I just wonder, you know, is that fact? Because that's my first one, so I don't know if I'm at it. Oh, really? Wow, Bill, you're a star. Yeah, that's, a, like, that's just like, you know, even that...